All right, if you're ready for the word, everybody put it in the chat. Say yeah. I feel like Steve Harvey on the uh, Showtime at the Apollo. <laughs> if you're ready for your next act, somebody, everybody say yeah. So if you're ready for the word, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I think we got everything out of the way. Tammy's ready. I think I can get you out. Karen's ready. Taiwo's ready. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sherry's ready. Let's do it. Michelle's ready. I'm ready, man. Lois is ready on YouTube. Dorianne. Let's do it. Here it is right here. So I want to start. And uh, you know that a few weeks ago, we started a series entitled The To-Do List. Okay. And so this is this is not just something that was in the in the pocket for me. This actually was uh, a download fresh for this season that God gave me for us right now. The to do list executing the kingdom agenda today. So what's up, Chris? And so we started it two weeks ago and I told you that there were four items or four line items on our to-do list that we must do number one is prioritize we spent the last few weeks doing that talking about that last two weeks talking about prioritizing we are prioritizing our pursuits prioritizing our thinking prioritizing our giving the other three things that are on our list that we have to cover is posture okay in this season we must posture we must perform and we must prevail those are the four things on our to-do list in this season as God is calling us to execute the kingdom agenda. And it's so funny that now I'm hearing people talk more about the kingdom. What I'm hearing is the kingdom. I think Kirk Franklin and Maverick City is doing a new tour, worship tour, and they're calling it kingdom. Because when God starts speaking, he downloads it. When he downloads it, uh, those who are speaking to We'll start hearing this everywhere, all over the country, that it's not just about the local church anymore. It's about the kingdom of God. There is a shift happening there. Okay, so let's read. Want to make sure. Yeah, let's read uh, Second Chronicles, verse 20. Just going to read just a few verses here. I'm going to jump, uh, jump a couple of places in this particular story. And then we'll kind of pull it all together. So I want you to get your devices, whatever it is that you're writing with, taking notes with, typing out, get ready, because I'll have, I only have about four points today, but I think you'll hear that there's going to be some other nuggets in here as the Holy Spirit downloads what he wants said today. Second Chronicles chapter 20, starting at verse three, reads like this, and Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Jump down to verse 13. Verse 13 says, now all Judah with their little ones, their wives, their children, their children stood before the Lord. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of uh, Jael, 
the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours. It's God's. Okay. The battle is not yours, but it's God's. So far, our scripture reading today, we're going to take a look at some other things, but I want to talk to you from this second line or this second uh, item, line item that's on our to-do list, posture, but I want to call it something different today. I don't just want to call it posture. I want to call it this. Here it is. Today, I want to talk to you from this thought, restore the altar. Restore the altar. Let's take some minutes, pray before the Lord as he downloads what he wants to say to us. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you now for your presence that I sense on this platform this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you are speaking worldwide. I thank you now that there is nothing happening in the earth that has surprised you. That when it seems like all hell has broken loose, you are still in control. Thank you for being the sovereign God. And I ask you today that you will speak to us, that you would give us clear instruction about what we are to do in this season. Now, Lord, I speak to the expectations of your people and I say, come alive. I speak to the spirits of your people and I say, pay attention and let he who has an ear hear what the spirit is saying to the church. And so, Lord, I ask today that you will think through my mind, speak through my mouth, give me clarity of thought and agility of wit. Allow me to talk in the power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus name. Amen. restore the altar so God is speaking in such a way to the body today in order to get our attention listen so that we will have his attention okay I'll say it again God is speaking. He is moving in the earth today in such a way so that he could get our attention so that we could have his. It is it is like a man who dates a woman and the woman drops the hints about what she likes. <laughs> you know, she may be in the office and a coworker gets flowers and she may say, oh, I love receiving flowers. That's a hint. Hint, hint, sir. <laughs> send flowers. Okay? When you send flowers, 
you get more of my attention, you know. Oh, I love to walk in the park. That's one of my favorite things to do. Hint, hint. If you want more of my attention, okay, I'm trying to get your attention drawn to the things that will get my attention. Are y'all with me this morning? Okay, you're going to have to cut off your distractions, though, because I, I ain't going to be able to go back too much. But I want you to hear what I'm saying. God is speaking to us in a way that he's trying to get our attention so we can have his. Now, listen, to the same degree, the enemy is doing a counterattack. The counterattack is called distraction. Are you hearing me? The counterattack is called distraction. Because when God is drawing you closer, when God is saying, I'm over here, I want you to see me so you can make sure you're doing the things that causes me to see you, I'm over here. And the enemy, he was like, Psst, look over here. The enemy flashes lights, big sound. Come on. He drops bombs in your life to take your attention off of the fact that God is trying to get your attention so that, <laughs> come on, are y'all hearing me? So that <laughs> we can have his attention. The enemy counters attack. His counterattack is your distraction. So then he sends distractions on your relationships. <laughs> he sends attacks on your body so you can start worrying. He sends counterattacks in your finances. He sends counterattacks in your in the news. He sends counterattacks in the things you see on social media that gets you disturbed. I'm not talking about crazy stuff. I'm talking about seeing your friends somewhere at dinner. And then now you distracted because you're wondering why they didn't invite you. Look how you're looking. And the next few days you're thinking, well, I thought I had friends. Maybe I don't have no friends. And the whole time God is saying, no, 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 no. Don't get tricked by how the enemy tries to get your attention away from me getting your attention so that you can have my attention. Am I talking good here yet? Because God is trying to get our attention so we can make sure he wants to make sure we have his. All right. Here's what we see in the text. I can't leave too far. I can't, I can't go too, too far in that because then I'll, I'll never come back because I do believe that the counterattack of the enemy is distraction. I ain't gonna go there. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna get it. I, I ain't gonna walk down that path too. I ain't gonna chase that rabbit, Nicole. I ain't gonna chase it. Um, but just know this, the stuff that's jumping off in your life, the crazy thoughts, the fear, come on, the anxiety. Some of you have been dealing with some stuff. He's like, you know, I've never felt like this before. And you keep saying, well, maybe it's because I'm getting older. <laughs> maybe it's because everything that's going on in the world and God is saying no that's the enemy sending a distraction because what he will try to do is he will try to send you it's the same kind of distraction but it's clothed 
and couched in another form. So then you are not immune to it anymore. Yeah. So. What we find. In our text today. Is the how. Of. So the last few weeks I've been talking to you about prioritizing, you know, prioritizing your thinking and your pursuits and your giving. And you was like, okay, fine, I'm going to prioritize, but it's kind of hard when I got so many, a lot of stuff that, that's revolving priority, uh, pri priorities, revolving priorities. And, and what God is going to do to us today is show us the how to prioritize is the what we need to do. Posture, restoring the altar is the what of what we need to do in order to be able to have this, our priorities in line, okay? So, as we've read to you today, the story of Jehoshaphat. It is a very popular and familiar text for our Christ-centered church members. You know, I, it seems like I preach on this, uh, preach from this text a couple of times a year because God always unveils and always shows. And I don't know what it is about this text that he always seems to take me back to show me something new. I've been preaching this text. This is the text that I preached for my very first sermon back in 1993. So this text is uh, familiar to us, but he always shows me something different. Okay. What I want you to see here is that the chronicler is giving a message. So the way the things happen was the, the movements, whenever the Lord broke out, the way he handled his people, it was initially an oral tradition. Okay, so then when the tradition is passed down, you'll have a scribe. Or here in the Chronicles, you'll have the Chronicler. And the Chronicler will start right now what's happening or what has happened. So we can keep these stories uh, going. So it's not just the uh, not just the oral tradition. Now we're starting to see some written traditions passed down. So the Chronicler is writing. But as he's writing, there is a thread that appears y'all stay with me so for those of us who every once in a while can get our hands on um paper money because it's like it's so rare for me to have paper money um but uh, for those of us that can get paper money in our hands if you look closely to paper money there are threads in the uh the bill the dollar bill, the $5 bill, the $20 bill, the $10 bill, so forth and so on. There are threads, and those threads are red and blue, okay? Although the money is green, in the paper, there are some threads in the paper. But they're so fine that you have, you have to put your attention on them in order to see them. Are y'all with me? It is just like that in the text, and this is why I think God has me um, teaching over the years. The way I teach is because he wants me to help the people, the body of Christ, see his threads. Oftentimes I talk about um, reading beyond the page. 
stepping down into the text. So today we have in this very popular text, what we have is a pop up or um, an exposure of the thread that God is speaking or using in the writings of the chronicler. Are y'all with me? Okay, I, I ain't trying to go too deep or I ain't trying to go too academic, but at the same time, I need you to come up where I am. Come on. <laughs> okay, so what we see here in the text is that God is doing something. There is a thread. And let me go ahead and tell you what the thread is. The thread is this. And you this is not going to be on your notes. for. Well, y'all can put it in, in the chat if you want to because it's on the notes that I sent to you. But um, here's the thread. The thread is... As my people seek me, I will respond. That's a thread. That's a thread. But it doesn't start right here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. It starts in the chapters prior. So I want to take you to one of those chapters, and it's going to help us get positioned for what God wants to lift out of chapter 20. Okay, so turn over or turn back to chapter 15. That as my people seek me, I will respond. It's a threat. And here's the thing I like about God. I love about God. I love God exposes threads in the season. That he wants us to see them. It is up to us to make sure we don't miss them. Okay. Pastor Marshall and I were talking the other day that God, the text of scripture says this, that God does not reveal anything or release anything into the earth unless he first reveals it to his prophets. It is a pattern. And the challenge is. When the prophets start speaking, the people stop listening because the enemy turns up distractions. Yeah. And so think about it. For the last two years, I've been talking about it. I have been talking about the fact that the season was coming where God was shifting his people forward. I've been talking about for years that the day is fastly approaching that we're going to have to declare the name of Jesus in the face of opposition. Get ready. It is upon us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so as the prophets start talking, we have to start listening because God wants to give you a heads up. That's how he operates. Let he who has an ear, an ear, hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 15. I'm going to start reading at verse 1. We'll jump around on this one, but I want you to see something. Here's what it says. Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Obed, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, hear me, Asa. And all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, 
he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Come on. Here's the word of the Lord to Asa. Yo, God got you. That's what he says. As long as you got him. Oh, see, he, he, here's, the, here's the thing, man. I feel like that sometimes we, we soften. Y'all ready for this? We soften the voice of God to be able to placate our own conscience and say, well, God loves everybody. Yeah, okay, he does love everybody. We teach stuff like we're all the children of God. See, that softens the blow. But the Bible doesn't say that we're all the children of God. Those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God, the text says. We're all his creation. We're not all his sons. We're not all his children, if you want to, you know. Whew. So God says to Asa, Asa, I just want you to know I'm with you as long as you are with me. I want, listen, hear me, y'all. God does not operate in the gray. He says, if you with me, I'm with you. But if you leave me, I'm going to leave you. Because really what God is saying here is, listen, as long as you're on my side, I'm on yours. But when you choose to be my enemy, I'm yours. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he goes on. Let me, let, me not, let me pick up at verse three so I won't get caught up. The next, the next uh, verse says, verse 3, this is 15, verse 3. Um, for a long time, <laughs> I love this, Israel has been without the true God, without a teaching priest, without law. But when in their trouble, they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, and he was found by him, by them. And in those times, there was no peace, one who went out, nor to one who came in, but great turmoil was on all the inhabitants of the land. So nation was destroyed by nation and city by city, for God troubled them with every adversity. But you be strong. Do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Y'all remember that line. And when Asa heard these words, the prophecy of Obed the prophet, he took courage and removed the abominable uh, idols from all of the land of Judah and Benjamin and from the cities which he had taken in the mountains of Ephraim. And he restored the altar of the Lord that was before the vestibule of the Lord. Then he gathered all the folk together. Mm-hmm. For they came over to him in great numbers from Israel, and when they well, from Israel, when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. Now let me unpack. Let me unpack this for a minute. I'm going back to verse 20. I mean chapter 20, but I want to unpack this because when we pack this, unpack this, we're gonna better 
see or, or a little more clearly see the thread in verse or chapter 20. Okay, watch this. So um, Asa starts out by saying for a long time, y'all have been without the true God. Time out. I love it. The word of the Lord comes to Asa, uh, comes to um, uh, Obed's son, Azariah, I think his name was. I always try to get the names right. Yes. Azariah. Azariah goes to King Asa and he says, hey, the Lord got you, blah, 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 as long as you with him. But then he goes on to say for a long time, you have been Israel, have been without the true God. Wait, I love the Bible. I love the Bible. That's why when you read it, you got to sit down and take your time when you read it. Because when you take your time, you start understanding what's beyond the page. When, when Asa hears the word of the Lord and the word of the Lord says, for a long time, y'all have been without the true God. But wait, what that really says is you have not been without gods. You have been without the true God. <laughs> look, here, look at the next line. He says, you've been without teaching priests. You ain't been without priests, but you've been without priests that teach you. Look how y'all looking. Look at look how y'all looking. He, he says, it's not that you've not had order. He says, you've not had the law, which means you've not had order. You've not had God's order. You've had some order, the order that pleases you. See, this is the thing that we got to be careful with because just because here's, here's what my professor, Dr. Percy Johnson would say. Yeah, you want to talk about uh, tribe spirit by the spirit. And the question is, which spirit are, are you in? Dr. Johnson would always say, I know you're talking about God, but which God are you talking about? Because you may not be talking about the true and living God and you may have idols. You may have false gods. That's why it was a qualification here. He says, for a long time, you have been without the true God, which says you've had false ones. Mm-hmm. Look how y'all looking. Look how, look how y'all looking. He says, but when they got in trouble, you saw God. I love it. So what happens is when trouble came to Israel, they realized that their false gods, that their non-preaching uh, priests and their lack of order couldn't save them. And they came after the true and living God. And God says, because you turned to me when you did, I let you find me. Y'all, let me tell y'all something. Let me tell y'all something that is so important to know that just because you run after God doesn't mean you're going to find him. When we find God, it's because God has allowed us to do it. He says, if they come after me, they will be found by me. I'm going to let them find me. Now, you will have nothing to do with me until trouble came. Why? Because God was creating a thread. When trouble came, they turned to God. God says, I'm going to allow, hear me, trouble 
to change your posture. Here we go. I'm going to let trouble change your posture. Prior to trouble, you didn't have me, but you were satisfied with your other false gods. You were satisfied with the priest you had that wasn't teaching you nothing. Satisfied. Oh, I don't want to. Oh, I ain't going to say it, Lord. I ain't going to say it. Okay. I ain't going to chase that rabbit because I'm going to be here too long. So God says, I'm going to let trouble change your posture. But here's what I want you to do, he says. He says, he says, uh, but you be strong and don't let your hands be weak for your work will be rewarded. Wait a minute. What work? Where is this going? Where is this going? Where is this going, uh, uh, Azariah? What, what are you talking about? God is saying this. God is saying. That when you change your posture and seek me, I count that as work. And I'm going to reward the fact that you seek me. One of the rewards is that I'm going to let you find me. Listen, so watch what happens next. What happens next is that when he says, um, he says, don't let your hands be weak. You know, be strong, do the work. I'm going to reward you. The Bible says that Asa, I love it. And uh, when Asa heard these words in verse eight, he took courage. Listen, and he did two things. So let me back up. I hope y'all with me. I'm trying to move so I don't hold you too long. But at the same time, I'm trying to give it to you. Listen, um, Asa is excited because God is now speaking. Listen. In other words, God spoke to get their attention. <laughs> you hear me? God spoke to get their attention so they can be focused on what gets God's attention, and that is a posture change. Asa's excited. And the Bible says he took courage, and Asa did two things. He removed the idols and he restored the altar. Let me say something before I get back over to chapter 20. I hear God saying that if you want my attention, there's two things that's going to have to happen. You're going to have to remove something and you're going to have to restore something. Oh, <laughs> he, he started breaking down stuff that separated. Come on. Listen, idols separates us from God, but altar puts us closer to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So he says he does two things. He removes what separates us from God and he restored what causes us to get closer to God. But in order for us to get God's attention while God is trying to get our attention, he says, you're going to have to remove some stuff. Let me tell you. This is the season that you're going to have to be okay. Don't feel guilty about not answering some calls, not returning some calls, not responding to some texts, because there's some stuff that you're going to have to remove. Stuff includes people. Oh. 
Listen, not everything that's in your life looks like an idol. Not everything looks like an idol. Some of the stuff that's on our agenda separates us from God because it eats up all of our time. Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. I'm about to go on and kick it in. Are you ready? You ready? You ready? See, we have gotten so comfortable with this kind of church. And this has been, this was my stretch. This was the thing that hindered me from streaming two or three years, three years ago. When people would ask, are you going to start streaming your service? I would say no, because people need to come to church. Because what happened is when you start streaming and you record it and it's out there, people don't have to prioritize God. I'll do what I want to do first. Go to brunch, hang out with my sorority sisters. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Go fishing, hang out with my frat brothers. Take the kids to all the tournaments that the coaches who don't believe in your God, the people who do all of these games and all of this intramural sports, I'm not against it, but they will do it on Sunday morning. Why? Because they don't go to church. And so then, we're sitting at games and cheerleading tournaments. Come on, y'all. Come on. And there's no conviction because we feel like I'll get it later. The challenge is, do we really get it later? Because when the tournaments are over or when the games end and you got to get home and get ready for school and start cooking and do the cleaning and get the gas in the car and make sure the kids are ready and make sure the house is painted and make sure the yard is cut. Do you ever really go back? Because when God loses, I'm going to try to tell you, I'm a living witness to the hardest things to get back to is the gym and God. Miss a couple of Sundays at church and see how hard it is to get back. And so God loses priority. And so then our kids grow up and operate the same way. Yeah, we go to church, but we have no problem saying yes to stuff that will cause us to say no to our corporate worship experience because it ain't sin. It might not be sin, but if it draws you away from God, it's an idol. Look how you look. Y'all, come on. It's one thing for you to say to me, the job that I have causes me to work on Sunday. Yeah. Hey, hey. It's another thing to say. I allow extracurricular activities to invade my worship time, my priority. And I hear you. I hear you. Because you say, well, yeah, Pastor, I can get it later, and that'll be my worship time. I'm down with that. Because here's what I believe in what I teach. I believe that if you serve in the house of God on the day that you're scheduled to serve, you're not really getting it all because you're tending to the needs of the people. Come on, those that have been singing with me for a long time, I tell them, you can't go in so deep on the mic that you stop singing. We're ministering to the people. Now, if you want to go in, you're going to have to get to the house and put your tape on, put your, put your, your music on, and then go in. But then you got to get back. When you finish ministering, you got to make sure you get yours. And we don't always do that. But 
That stuff calls us away from the corporate experience. And the corporate experience is a part of the posture change. Listen, the one thing God showed me in this is that one of the things or the components or the fabrics of the thread that's twined together here is the corporate change. It's not just you anymore. God is calling kingdom. God is calling us back to him. It is not just you. It's us. Y'all, come on. Selah. The idols separate us from God. The altar brings us closer to God. Y'all with me? All right. Let's go back to Chronicles 20. I need to establish this thread because what we see in Chronicles 20 is another depiction of the same thing that happened in chapter 15. Okay? Same thing. Same thing. It's the thread. Postures have changed. Okay? However, in verse in chapter 15, Asa had to remove and restore. Well, in chapter 20, there is nothing that we see in this of removing or restoring because the posture now is consistent. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> the posture is now consistent. So here's the story of a man named Brady. No, just kidding. Here's a story. Uh, the word comes to King Jehoshaphat. And the... Uh, the story is that there are about five armies that's coming against Judah, Israel. Okay? And Jehoshaphat, the text says, is afraid. He's afraid. And so what happens is that this text now in light of the threads that were exposed in 15, chapter 20 shows us posture. So let me go ahead and give it to you right now, just in case I don't come back. The posture that God is calling for in this to-do list is prayer and praise. Are you hearing me? Prayer and praise. In chapter 15, y'all go back and read it. In chapter 14, some other stuff jumps off. In chapter 14, Asa had, uh, Asa was trying to do right. Okay, he was trying to do right. Ethiopian uh, uh, fighter, king, came against him. Had a million men. Asa had a bunch, but not that many. Had a million. They called on God, okay? Once he called on God, he wins the battle. He goes in, plunders. He takes some stuff that should have been demolished in the victory, and it wasn't. That's how we get into 15. Y'all go back and read that. Okay, so now we see in chapter 20, though. In chapter 20, 
Jehoshaphat, who had his own issues, and he was getting back on track with God, okay? Because he had aligned himself with some people that made God mad. See, that's what I'm saying. Everything that's in your life that offends God doesn't have the shape of a little Buddha. Because you super spiritual. You spiritual be like, nope, we ain't going to put no Buddha in our house. That's not what we believe. Look how y'all looking. Look here. <laughs> we ain't going to put them little idols in our house because that ain't what we believe. We believe in the true and living God. But you align with some people that displeases God. Same thing. You having conversations that displease God. Same thing. When you align with people that pull you, your heart, your thinking away from God, they are they become little idols. Because idols separate us from God. So that's why I say the enemy is cunning because you'll have conversations about people and you feel like, oh, they really, they did that. I can't believe they did that. And now you, you having this conversation, you, you becoming a talebearer, feeling like you're justified because the people are guilty. But the thing that you fail to realize is that the guilty person may be in line with God by now. <laughs> and when you run your mouth about somebody who has been guilty, but now aligned with God, you are now mal-aligned with God because God is saying, you putting your mouth on my person. We cool. It becomes an idol. Remove it, restore the altar. Whew. Man, I didn't, I didn't plan for all this today. So here we go. So that's it. That's what I'm saying. God, ah, God, would you, I'm like, God, let me get through this. God is saying, it is not the big brazing altars that causes you to be at odds with me. It's the small things that you can't seem to get control of or that you don't have the guts to tell people, shut up talking to me. You don't have the guts to not answer the phone because I know you, you messy. See, we think that when we start talking, I, I don't have to tear down nothing. I don't have to. Yeah, you do have to tear down something. You got some unforgiveness in your heart that you worship at that altar. Oh, look how y'all looking. You bitter and you walk around talking about, you know, I don't do that church thing no more because God says that is separating you from me. It's an altar that needs to be broken down. Unforgiveness, bitterness. Come on. Declarations of I've just been hurt.
God said, either you let me be God or you'll keep worshiping at altars that have nothing to do with me. When you're with me, I'm with you. But when you forsake me, I'm going to forsake you. So you keep having conversations about your spouse with your mother and you feel like that's a safe place. But what you're failing to realize is your spouse has been asking God to help them get better. But you keep erecting the altar and you are now worshiping and lifting up declarations at an altar that is opposed to the plan of God for your marriage. And the Lord says, hush, stop talking about it. Bring it to me. Bring it to me. Erect an altar to me about your marriage. And watch what I do. Because the people you're talking to don't allow you to heal because they keep reminding you of what has happened. They keep reminding you of what you said. Hear ye the word of the Lord. I got to go. So my children and they're laughing at me because I keep saying I'm a, I'm, I got to go and I don't go. I'm coming. I'm going to close out for real, Paris, in a few minutes. I promise. Okay, so watch. So, <laughs> where am I? <laughs> so, Jehoshaphat got these armies coming against him, right? And he does something that tells us that his posture is right. Uh-huh. Verse three says, and Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord posture. Okay. Remember over there in chapter 15, it was trouble that made them get the right posture. Here is fear. See, listen, the stuff that jumps off in your life, when it jumps off, you need to always check your posture. Fear made Jehoshaphat get in the right posture. Because we love to talk about I shouldn't be afraid. Fear is not of God. God has not given you the spirit of fear. But it does not mean you're not going to be afraid. Just about everybody he used through the text of scripture outside of Jesus, the way he opens it up is don't be afraid because I know that's your natural thing. <laughs> Come on. When the disciples saw Jesus on the water walking to them, they knew they recognized Jesus, the statue, the physical. They didn't recognize that level of power. And he had to say to them, don't be afraid. Okay? Because fear happens. But fear, trouble, anxiety, challenge, issues, junk should cause you to posture yourself to get God's attention. It is our posture that gets God's attention. 
Lord, are you going to let me finish this? Listen, remember the woman who had uh, the daughter, the Seraphonician woman in, in the Gospels, who had the woman, had the daughter vexed with the devil. And when she came to Jesus, she says, I need your help. And Jesus says, no, I only came to the lost sheep of Israel. And she wasn't of the household of faith. And the text says that, that she jumped down on her face. She went down posture change. Okay. Posture change. And it got Jesus' attention. It was not just her physical, but it was also the posture of her heart. Because when she got down, he says, listen, I don't have enough bread to give the children's. There's not enough meat to give the children's bread to the dogs. And she says, I hear you, Lord, but even the dolls can eat the crumbs that fall from the table. It stopped Jesus in his tracks. He says, wait a minute. I'm telling you no because of the racial lines. But what I see is that there is a faith in you. Why? Because what we deal with is spiritual. He says, I seen this kind of faith in the whole house of Israel. You got what you asked for because posture changes gets God's attention. That's why you can't keep running your mouth about people who've done wrong, said wrong, thought wrong, because you don't know what God allowed for their posture to change so they can be in alignment. That's the same reason Jonah Man, I'm preaching. That's the same reason Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh because Jonah knew that if he went down there and started prophesying to them wicked people, their posture would change and God would turn his heart soft toward them. That's why Jonah didn't want to go. Oh, no, no, no. Don't think it was that Jonah didn't want to preach. No, Jonah didn't want. Jonah had a thing against them people. Whatever it was. And Jonah was like, I want to go down there because I know if I go down there, they're going to repent and you're going to be okay. I want you to smite them. And God says, no, I'm sending you to get their attention so they will be able to get my attention in the right way. I'm sending you to restore the altar because when I send you, they're going to restore it. He went down there, Jonah did, preached, and the people repented. And he was somewhat mad about it. Because what we do is that we want to hold against people and then ask God to go and get them. And what God is trying to get to you is, if I'm going to get them, I need to get you. Because you holding your altar the same way. They have, they have doggone, uh, 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 what was the other word you had, what I told y'all he had to do? Remove, they removed their old altar. And restore the right altar. But you still hold it on to the old altar. So if anybody's going to get God, is you. I got to I gotta go. I got to go. For real, Paris. I got to go. Okay. So. Here it is. L let me just let me just jump over here. Let me just say what I got to say. There are benefits to changing your posture, okay? There's benefits. And so we got to assume the posture so that, <laughs> y'all, I need, I need y'all to leave. I'm going to turn this chat off. 
I'm going to turn this chat off because I feel y'all pull, pulling something and I'm trying to keep my time right. But y'all pulling on me. Don't pull on me. Don't pull on me like that. Don't don't pull on me. Okay. So let me tell y'all what happened. I'm trying to tell y'all what happened so you can get to the benefits of uh, assuming the posture. He set himself to seek the Lord. He stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, Oh, God of our fathers. Okay, so what Jehoshaphat is doing now is a couple of things that's happened. Listen, if you need God to show up in your house, some stuff got to happen. Okay, first of all, I love the fact that it started with the leader. And we love to talk about, yeah, it started with the pastor. The pastor ain't the only leader in the community. You the leader in your house, mama, daddy, you the leader. Come on, big mama, nana, whatever they call you, papa, you the leader in your house. So whatever the posture change is going to be, you start it. So the text says that he set himself to seek the Lord and then he called for everybody to do the same thing. He set he called for a fast, set himself to seek the Lord, called for a fast for everybody to come together and pray. These are spiritual disciplines. If you're going to change your posture, you're going to have to have a natural regimen of spiritual disciplines. God says, I am restoring the altar of prayer and praise in my house. What you mean, Pastor? We've always been, we got praise and worship every Sunday. What are you talking about? Just because you sing praise songs doesn't mean that the altar that is erected is God's. Many of us worship the worship leader. Many of us worship the song. Because as soon as your favorite song is sung, then your hands go up. But prior to, you... You don't. Oh, look how y'all look. <laughs> look how y'all look. I've heard people say to me as a worship leader, they said, they told me you sang so-and-so Sunday. I was late. I hate that I missed that song. So you're telling me that you hate, you hate that you were late coming to church because you missed your favorite song? Because we got little altars all over our lives that God says you're going to have to go and bring them down. We got little altars that we get mixed up with God's altar because it's in God's house. Because there's an altar in God's church does not mean that God is standing at that altar. Oh, y'all. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, he calls everybody and it's going to take a corporate thing. That's why God is talking about kingdom. God is pushing the kingdom agenda. He is, like I've been saying for two years straight, I've been saying it. He is bringing his kingdom forward. And so it's calling for everybody. So Jehoshaphat said, everybody, come up here and pray. Everybody. The text even goes on to say that the little ones, the husbands, the wives, the little ones came and prayed. Y'all. Listen, I'm guilty. I don't know who else would own it, but I'm guilty. I'm guilty because I don't make my kids pray. 
I'm always praying. Built a little section in the closet for prayer time. I'm doing what I'm doing now because Wilbur Fryer made us come together at least once a week to pray together. Get up. It's Sunday morning. Prayer time. Look how y'all looking. Look how y'all looking. Our kids got all these other altars. One they keep in their hand all the time. But you don't have no problem with that because you keep yours in your hand all the time. You laying hands. Jehoshaphat said, everybody, come and pray. We got five armies against us. What else are we going to do? Y'all, it, it, it goes back to if my people, if my people, the ones who are called by my name, because I realize that there are some people who are not called by my name, but if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, seek my face, humble themselves, if they would change their posture. The text says, here's what, here's what God says. God says, I, God, God says, I will hear from heaven. I'm like, Lord, what does that mean? You're in heaven. He says, yeah, but you do realize that your elder brother, Jesus Christ, is interceding on your behalf to me. That's why you pray in his name. But when my people are aligned, I have to tell him, stop, stop, son. I can't hear you. I know you're sitting right here at my right hand, right hand. I, I know you're sitting at my right hand, but I can't hear you. Y'all, y'all. But when my people change their posture, I'm going to say, pray for him, son. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because the same thing he did. Before the days of him going back, before he went to the cross, he went to the father and says, hey, these are the people that you put in my hand. I'm going to bring them back to you because what Jesus does for his bride is that he intercedes for us. It is his spirit praying in us when we pray in the spirit because we don't know what to say in the natural. Are y'all who is help? Are y'all with me? And so Jesus is praying on our behalf, but God says, uh-uh, not until they change their posture. And when they change their posture, you can pray all you want, son, because I'm going to send healing. Then will I hear, will I, God, hear from heaven and heal their land? We need everybody. Everybody. I got to go. So anyway. I'm going for real this time, Paris. I'm going for real. Here it is. There, there's four things that you need or, or four things that will, that, that is the benefit of us changing our posture. So I can't read it. Y'all go ahead and read it, but I'm just going to tell you the story. Y'all ready? So here it is. Um, Jehoshaphat prays. When he prays, something happens. Well, maybe I will read this one to you. Look at verse 13. Now, all of Judah with their little ones, their wives, the children stood before the Lord. Then here it is. Then the spirit 
of Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. Okay. Within back in that time in what they would call the temple system. Okay. In the temple system, when the people of God came to the temple and called on God because of their posture, prayer, praise, when they changed their posture, called on God, one of the ways God answered them was through prophecy. Okay. So now what we got here, we got Jehaziel. I want to be clear. Jehaziel is not a prophet. He's a choir member. He's not a prophet. That's why it says that the spirit of the Lord came upon him. Okay. The spirit of the Lord came upon him because I'm going to use you right now. Why? Because my people are seeking me posture change in prayer and I want to respond. And the text kind of lends itself to believe that while they were yet praying, God was yet answering. I don't want to. It's a pattern. It's a pattern. It's a pattern. Remember when Peter was in jail? The Bible says that when he was in jail, that the church had went over to uh, uh, somebody's mama's house and they was over there praying. <sighs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? And while they was praying, God was answering. Listen, we don't always know that God is answering when we pray. That's why we got to pray through. That's what the old saints would say, pray through. You got to keep praying. Until it's answered, because what we like to do is say stuff like I'm waiting on God. What does that mean exactly? What does that mean? You're waiting on God because the way we say it, we say it in a way I'm waiting on God as if to say I prayed one time and I'm waiting on God to do something. That's not how that works. The text, the text says that the church was continually praying for Peter. And while they continue, we don't know how many days they were praying. But what we know is while the cycle of prayer was happening, the angel went over there, woke Peter up and said, bro, get up. Let's go. Peter was like, I think I'm dreaming. I'm not sure. But he didn't come to himself. They walked through the gate. Gates opened up. Guards, nobody saw him. Gates opened up. And it's like he came to himself at the street. Listen, he went to where the church was praying. Knocked on the door. Rhoda opened the door. No, she didn't even open the door. She looked out the door, saw that it was Peter, forgot to open the door, so excited, ran back to the folk and said, hey, Peter is at the door. Here's what they said. No, Peter is in jail. Why? Because we're still praying until God sends the answer. And before I get in contact with the answer or the answer in contact with me knocking at the door, I'm going to keep praying until I see otherwise. She said, now, y'all, it's Peter. He is at the door. Why? Because when God's people come together, Acts chapter 12. Thank you, Nicole. Uh, when God's people come together to continually pray, God responds. So then Jehaziel. Starts prophesying, and I want to tell you what he said, and I'm going to give you point number one. <laughs> I'm so in trouble. Uh, 
point point number one of my little four points. I'm not gonna preach them all. I'm just gonna give them to you. I promise. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, uh, Jehaziel, and here's what he said. He says, "Listen." I'm in verse 15 now, chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15. Listen. He says, listen, all of you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord, do not be afraid nor dismay. There, that's that fear again. Because fear made you change your posture, but I'm getting ready to help ease that up off of you. <sighs> let me ease that up off of you. I know fear sent you to me, but let me tell you, now you don't have to be afraid anymore. Sometimes fear can work on your behalf. If you allow it, allow it to adjust your posture. Um, said, don't be dismayed because of this great multitude. The battle's not yours, but it's God's, right? He goes on to say, tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz. You'll find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerusalem. You'll not need to fight in this battle, though. Position yourself. In other words, posture yourselves stand still and see the salvation of the lord <sighs> posture yourselves who god tell okay here's point number one the benefit of keeping the right posture point number one you ready <laughs> when we posture ourselves when we get the right posture we get instruction and strategy <sighs> This is why God says, I want you to restore the altar. Tim, tell my people to restore prayer to my house. Pastor, we've been praying. We, we love to quote. And my house shall be called a house of prayer. Yeah, but you keep praying, seeking you. You not seeking me. Oh, listen, you're not coming after me. You coming after you. You want something. I want y'all to go back. Here's your assignment for the week. One of, one of your assignments for the week. You go back and dissect the prayer they prayed. It's like a one line of this prayer is help us. Everything else was telling God who he was and who he has been. I can't mess with y'all today. Stop pulling. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. <sighs> The model of this prayer that I, I literally deleted it all from my notes today so I would not talk to you about it. But the model of this prayer starts the way Jesus says we should pray. Jesus says we should pray our father, right? Re that's relationship. Who are in heaven is position. Jehoshaphat starts this prayer off the same way. He says, you are the God of our father's relationship. And you're the one in heaven position. That's what I'm saying. When we start looking at, take some time to, 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 to uh, uh, read the Bible, we see these threads and these patterns of God. So then they step up. They pray. God gives strategy. He gives instructions. When we change our posture. The first benefit of that is that we get instruction and strategy. I want you to really pay attention to this strategy, though. I, it just leapt off the page to me right now. I, I promise you, I hadn't even seen it before today. When he said, he says, he says, um, I thought this was crazy. 
He says, uh, tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of, of Ziz, okay, at the end of the brook. He said, no, he says, and you will find them. It's amazing to me how God gave them a strategy to look for the enemy that they don't even have to fight. Who, this, this is five army, armies coming against one. They are afraid because they know they're going to lose. And God says to them, you go look for your enemy. You have changed your posture. I am so on your side. You don't even have to wait for him to come find you. I want you to go find him and let him know I'm getting ready to haul off and break my foot in his rump. And the text says this, that when God downloaded the strategy, they went into worship right then. I love the text because sometimes we think that this text, they started praising before the battle the next morning. No, before nightfall, when they got instruction, that posture of prayer went into the posture of praise because they said, and, and Jehoshaphat bowed his head and they started singing. And then the next line says, and then the next morning, because God is saying, when you put yourself in the right posture that when I give you strategy, you just start worshiping me. When I give you the strategy, I know you ain't seen me come through yet. You don't even know how I'm going to do it. All you know is I've answered you and told you what you need to do. And they started worshiping. I got to go. I got to go. I can't play with this no more. Number one is uh, when you're in the right posture, you get instruction and strategy. Here's number two. When you're in the right posture, you get victory. The text says, God never told these, these people to go and start worshiping before the army. Okay? Yes, Mara. Maria, sorry. Yes, God is very strategic. Yes. Yes, listen. He is so strategic that when you find yourself in situations and you feel like, I don't know what to do, Check your posture. Check your posture. Because God is never without a plan. Come on. When God plants a seed, he plants it with the plan. <laughs> Come on. The seed keeps re reproducing himself. He don't keep planting grass. He plants it one time. And it keeps reproducing because there's a strategy in the seed. <sighs> so, they go down there, God breaks out, they worshiping. The Lord, the text says that when they started singing, I love God because God likes dramatic effect. He really does. God likes dramatic effect. He didn't tell them to worship. He didn't tell them to go down there and start singing in front of the battle. He just says, show up, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But because God is the God that likes, he <sighs> God likes, he got a flair for the extravagant. Y'all don't believe it? Look at a sunset. Look, come on. Look at how all the colors are, are, are gradiating into one another when the sun goes down. That's because he has a flair for the dramatic. And the text says, when they started singing, he set an ambush. And these folk started killing themselves. Do y'all know? They turned on one another and killed each other. So when it was the last two guys standing, 
one or two things happen. Either they thrust each other with the sword. Or one killed the other one and then had to kill himself. Why? Because the order of the Lord was, y'all going to have victory right here. Nobody leaves here but my people. How you want to do it? You want to kill yourself right here? You going to let your, what's going to happen? Everybody got to die because my people have postured themselves. They have my attention and I am fighting on their behalf. But can I go a little bit further? When you go a little bit further, point number three is that when you posture, get in the right posture, you get rewarded. Because the text says that the spoils from this battle were so many that it took them about four days to collect it. Remember chapter 15, what the word of the Lord came to Asa and says, if you do not let your hands get weak and keep up the work, what work? Seeking me, I'm going to reward you. God rewards us. Are y'all hearing me? God rewards us for seeking him. Here's the last one. When we're in the right posture, we get rest. Rest. Christina, I misspelled that on my thing, so it might be one way to look at it. We get rest. The text says that once they, through an out-and-out worship service, when they got back, the text says, and Jehoshaphat, there was rest all around him. Because when we seek God and he comes through, he sends rest. You're not going to always have to fight. You're not going to always be in a flux. There's not going to always be drama around you. But you got to keep the posture right. Because when you keep your posture right, we get instruction and strategy. We get victory. We get the reward. And then we get rest. And God is saying, restore the altars. Get the right posture in front of me. Prayer and praise is the right posture. Come on, we're working on a series for our next um, reload talking about prayer. Since Pastor Marsha's on here, we're going to probably have her in here too. But we're going to be talking about prayer because we've heard you and you said you want to know about prayer. God is calling us back to it. So everybody. Here is the Christ-centered nation call to action. God downloaded this through Lady Portia about three weeks ago in her prayer time that God is calling us back to prayer two times a day. Here is your assignment. We will graduate to three. But here's your assignment. Two times a day. I'm not telling you what time of the day it is. But two times a day, carve out in your schedule to spend some time in prayer. I'm not talking about I'm going to run in here right quick in the bathroom while I'm sitting down in the bathroom. I'm talking about carve out some time for prayer. And what we're praying, we are praying to God our Father who has answered prayers for my fathers and forefathers who came and sought him. And we're asking him now to step up on our behalf because of the things that's going on in our world. I'm asking you as a body. Okay. To pray. For his kingdom to come. On the earth. 
as it is in heaven, twice a day. That's the call to action for us. We will go to three times a day. All right. I'm not calling a fast, but it ain't going to hurt you. But I am calling for us to come together three times a day or two times a day. Sorry, two times a day. You pick your time. But as a body, local assembly, national assembly, Christ-centered nation, we pray in. Watch him. Watch God respond. Prayer and praise gets his attention. For you are holy, thou who inhabits the praises of his people. He responds to it. He lives in it. We got to go. I preached way too long and I know I'm in trouble with my children. Let's pray together right here. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for getting our attention so that we could have your attention. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would draw nigh to us as we restore the altars to get close to you. Lord, I ask today that you will show us the small foxes. Show us the stuff that we have lifted up in front of you. Show us the, the, the uh, idols that we've built that keep us from you. Would you show it to us, Lord, so that we can, with happy hearts, dismantle that thing and restore the altar of the Lord. Lord, I pray right now for the priests all over the world that stand in between the porch and the altar pray to you on behalf of the people. I pray that you give us strength to keep doing it. I pray that you will give us the eyes of the dove that we will see in the spirit. Give us the heart that will cause us to continue to love the people. Even when sometimes it's hard to do it, give the grace for us to stay the course. Now, Lord, I pray for a praying spirit over Christ-centered nation as we seek you. As we seek you. Allow us to be found by you. Now, Lord, I pray for the one whose heart has been touched today to come after you, to allow you to come and save them. Draw them. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if that's you today, if you're here and you need to get connected to the Lord Jesus Christ, you want to give your life to Christ, you can do that. In the chat, there is a phone number that you can text for salvation. You are texting the word new life. If you want to join Christ in a church and I become your pastor, you can text the word connect to the number that they put in the chat. It should pop up on the screen uh, in the chat, in your chats shortly on each uh, platform. 
and we have people waiting to touch base with you, to hear from you, to reach out to you so that you can get connected. Listen, I hope, I would say I'm sorry for preaching so long. I'm really not. I'm really not. So I don't need to be lying to say that I am. I ain't. I ain't. But I had to do what I got to do because the Lord is speaking to his people. And th think about it. If we can binge watch our favorite shows, surely we'll be all right hearing the word of God. Look at you. If you binge watch like me, I binge watch at least four or five episodes at one time. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. And if you could sit and watch the new Batman, that was a three hours. Surely I ain't preached three hours. Yeah. And I went to see it. I thought it was good. Anyway, I love y'all. And uh, stay tuned for everything that's happened, happening at Christ Center Church. Thank you, Mom. Thank you so much. Hugs to you too, Hope. Hope y'all have an amazing week. I want to declare that you are ambassadors of Christ, that you seek this place, to, you leave this place to seek and to save that which is lost. I declare in Jesus' name that everything your hands touch will prosper and every place the soles of your feet shall tread upon you shall possess. I declare that you are above only and not beneath, that you're the head and not the tail. On your job, favor waits for you. You are not the problem, but the solution to the problem. I declare that your home is established in peace, that your married life is whole, healthy, and satisfied in the Lord Jesus Christ, that your single life is whole, healthy, and satisfied in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to have an amazing week. I love you, and I will see you next week. Join Lady Portia and the ladies of Christ Center Nation for the first virtual meetup on Thursday, April 7th at 7.30 p.m. So you can expect entrance prizes, a wonderful time of fellowship, and positive connections. Now for more information, you can sign up by texting LCCN to 404-900-7705. So sign up and get connected today. You say you want to really get connected with believers and followers of Christ. Well, it's really simple. Just go to our Christ Center Church Facebook page. Go to the More tab and click Groups. From there, you'll see the Christ Center Nation group and click Join. Finding your tribe has never been so easy when you join Christ Center Nation today. Are you ready?